Welcome to the Powered by Age, Age-Friendly City Zoomcast, reality-style podcast. We are movers and shakers, shaking up the old notion of silent, helpless, invisible seniors. This is a new series of podcasts funded by the City of Vancouver and the 411 Senior Center Society. As PBA AFC ambassadors, we raise awareness, share our original stories and poems, inform, advocate, and involve seniors in discussing important social issues. In short, these podcasts will help us, you, in creating an age-friendly city for Vancouver today, tomorrow the world. You can hear us everywhere podcasts are heard. Good afternoon and welcome to Powered by Age. We're in our third season of Dynamic Senior-Led Podcast. Uh, I'm Charlotte Farrell, your host, and this meeting is taking place. We are grateful that it's taking place on the unceded lands of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Salewatu nations. That means they haven't given them to us, and at some time within our lifetime, a reconciliation will occur. Today, we have uh, special announcements from Newsy, <laughs> our Newsy, uh, Mr. Jesse, and then we're going to be um, looking at the tokens. We asked people to bring a particular token that is a memento of some of the things that we have accomplished or felt over this uh, previous seasons. So without further ado, I'll turn you over to Jesse. Hey, everyone. Uh, yeah, uh, today I'm just uh, announcing that June, uh, since we're recording on June 3rd today, is National Indigenous History Month, which started in 2009 with the passing of a unanimous motion in the House of Commons. Uh, in June, we celebrate and honor the history, heritage, and diversity of First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people in Canada. So I encourage listeners and part podcast participants to read a book, watch a movie, or listen to an album by a First Nations, Métis, or Inuit creator, and to participate in a virtual event celebrating National Indigenous History Month throughout June and National Indigenous Peoples Day on June 21st. Uh, you can find National Indigenous Peoples Day virtual activities happening in your region through Celebrate Canada. Uh, it's easiest to just do a Google search for Celebrate Canada rather than give you the actual web address because it's got lots of numbers and letters in it. Uh, for more information on First Nations, Inuit, and Métis-led virtual activities, uh, you can visit the Assembly of First Nations, which is at afn.ca, uh, the Inuit Tapirit Kanatami, which is itk.ca, uh, the Métis National Council, which is www.metisnation.ca, or your local Aboriginal Friendship Centre, which is at nafc.ca. Um, we'll put all of those links in the episode description once it's released, so you can follow those. Um, and also, uh, in light of last week's discovery of the bodies of 215 Indigenous children at the site of the Kamloops Indian Residential School on the territory of the Kamloops Te Sashwemek, uh, excuse me, Shequepam First Nation, it is especially important for us to reflect on the historical and ongoing genocide of Indigenous peoples in Canada, the role of the Canadian government in this process, and to read or reread the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action and the calls for justice of the national inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls so that we can walk together on the path towards reconciliation. And we're going to be hearing two pieces of music during our podcast hour today. One is asking the question of where is God in this? And the other is someone who's been a guest, um, JB, the First Lady. And her song, Still Here, echoes the point of that, uh, despite everything that's happened, uh, Indigenous people, First Nations, Métis people are still here and counting on everyone working together that the goal is to work together. So I think um, after everybody has uh, introduced themselves, we, we are working also today on seeing where we are. When we first started the podcast, um, we had some goals. I was able to travel around to four different senior centers, uh, to some literacy programs and other events, and talk to people about what did they see as the current profile or notion of, of, of 
of older people. And it was pretty negative. So we listed about 20 things among the different centers. There were 20 things people had in common that they would like to see as the new image or profile and what they were committed to do. So part of our programs, part of the purpose of the variety of things that we've talked about and the variety of activities have been moving toward achieving that shift in perception of older people. So some of you uh, might have read and followed the uh, invitation that I gave in the, the, uh, the meeting to bring a memento. So we'll start with first person that charmed in and charmed, <laughs> chimed in. He is charming, but Neil chimed in uh, first and he will uh, briefly introduce himself in the memento he brought. Hi, my name is Neil Ryan. I'm a, a self-published author. Uh, my book is called From the Other Side. It's a book of poetry and short stories. I recommend it highly. It's a beautiful book. Lots of really nice things in it. And so, and what did I bring today? Well, it turns out, and I just uh, didn't didn't know exactly, but I did a uh, hot stone ceremony on a on Indian land in uh, Sandy, Oregon, and um, I'm going to tell you the story of this later on because this is rather interesting. This was a gift from a ceremony, and I'll talk about the ceremony later. Great. Uh, Chris? Uh, my name's Chris Morrissey, and I participate in Britannica Seniors Center, and I'm also a member of Quirky, the Queer Imaging and Writing Collective for Elders, and endeavor to write, do my own writing. And what I brought with me today is, um, I know that uh, um, in many places, June, as well as being um, Aboriginal month is also Pride month. And so what I brought today was um, a little sample of a pride flag, because one of the things that this um, podcast has enabled me to do, uh, and the podcast itself has done, is to I'll be inclusive and to um, to include uh, lot people from lots of different backgrounds and of lot, lots of different um, di different groups. So um, uh, for me, that's been something that's been significant and important. Okay, thank you. We can tell also later tell us a bit more about the significant oh significance of the colors in the pride flag. Um, Leslie? Yes, hi, I'm Leslie Hebert, and I live in New Westminster, which is the traditional home of the Kakite people. And what I have brought today, um, for people listening, they can't see, but these are uh, staples that are chained together. And what the podcast has done for me, um, it's a matter of linkage and connection, and that's what these are. These are all linked together. Um, so um, during the pandemic, it's helped me to feel connected to people in the community. And it's also helped me as a carryover. I'm also a member of the New Westminster Council of Women. So there have been some common core issues that have carried over. So a matter of resources that I've passed on from one to the other. So yeah, connection, communication. And also, Chris, it's also multicolored. So there you go. <laughs> Okay, uh, Joel. I'm Joel. I'm a technical consultant with Podstream Studios, a sponsor of the uh, Power by Age uh, podcast series. Um, I'm currently in Campbell River, BC, uh, working on a PhD remotely with Ottawa and uh, Carlton in Ottawa. And um, the item that I brought that uh, is reflective on uh, how I think this podcast series has helped me is this little item here, which is a boat that <laughs> actually is a toy boat that uh, I found as I was trying to block the water from the flood that I told you about earlier. 
And I thought it had uh, floated down and, and just sort of settled in from some other kid's toy area or something like that. But it's actually a boat that was given to me years ago that I didn't realize was actually mine from years ago. Uh, but the significance of it is that uh, what's been keeping me going, what's been floating my boat has been uh, participating in developing these uh, community-based uh, podcasts as well as music exercises that I've been turning into recording projects and have a uh, album coming out that's called Mariner's Song Project. And so this boat represents that. Oh, that's uh, a lot in such a tiny item. <laughs> <laughs> lot going on there. Thank you. Hi, Eleanor. We can't see you, but you can introduce yourself and tell us what's significant to you. Is she there? Is she muted? She's muted. Okay. Can you un? Let's see if we can unmute you. To ask you to unmute. Can we unmute somebody? You can ask for it, but you can't do it by uh, force, so to speak. <laughs> maybe it does that happen if someone's calling from a phone? What what might be? It, it could be maybe. another thing. Eleanor can, can might. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Yes. Oh, okay. I got it now. <laughs> I mean, I'm so new to this stuff. <laughs> Okay, I'm so glad I can join in today because normally I'm busy, you know, I'm a student in UBC, so I'm having a summer break now. So today I have time I join in, I just, I'm joining in just like listening to the radio. That's why I don't even appear, I don't even know how to do this anyway. <laughs> okay, uh, what am I supposed to say? Yeah, I'm very concerned with what's happening in the community. That's why when I have a moment, then I will try to see in, you know, look in the things. And then I, I have this program, you know, from, what is this uh, place, uh, 311? Okay. Yes. I went there a few times and I like it. I, I had talked to a few of the people over there, actually, that, but that was years ago. So, and I don't know how I got this message. So whenever I have time, I just join in. <laughs> Excuse me for I don't even know how to do this thing. So. Oh, I'm yeah, so because, glad you phoned you know. in. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, yeah. you might be happy to know we we one of the things we do here is we have I think each of the people that you've heard mention they have stories, but we have an opportunity separate from our podcast time that if you have a story you want to tell and record, you can record it and it can go on our. So we have a website called poweredbyage.com and you can hear stories, uh, interviews that other people have, have recorded. So probably with your studies, you have definitely some stories like stories keep happening with our people. Joel had a story. Neil has an adventure every week. Chris has had adventures. So uh, you are definitely welcome to share your stories and spend as much time as you're able to over the summer with us. That will be good. Thank you. Uh, many of you heard Dr. Bonnie Henry's announcement last week that uh, people are either able to gather in small numbers or they're able to eat at restaurants. So the 411 Center, which is a primary sponsor for our podcast, along with uh, the federal government's uh, Information and Referral Services Program, they went and made it with a lot of calls. And they were planning and, and looking at how to get the programs up and running because so many things have had to go on by Zoom and some things didn't go at all. But there is a concern where people want to know beyond just is the place being disinfected. There are some people that want to know, uh, will everybody who's in a program or in a meeting have had their two vaccinations? Will people who come to the building um, all, um, still wear masks. And so they're working through doing more surveys. And I think, Eleanor, because you attended or at some time might have filled out something at the 411 Center, that that's where, why you're getting <laughs> a communication uh, from us. So uh, there was another meeting yesterday of 
pretty much all of the directors of centers around this issue called the digital divide. And that is what are the things that are still keeping people from being able to get the full information about anything when they have to use these digital devices. So um, we're going to be taking part in that. In fact, Joel, a question came up with, uh, I think with Quirky with several other organizations where people have been able to access the meetings from all across the county or all across the, the province. Uh, they want to know, will we continue to have our Zoom uh, meetings or will there be a hybrid? So we are looking at some best practices for doing that. Uh, Zoom has a webinar on how to do it. Quite a few people are rushing into the space to show some things. There is one, West End Senior Center has got a piece of equipment where your laptop can go on a mobile desk and we can move around and bring in other elements. Um, Jesse and I were, were working on, if you didn't have an element like that, how we could, when we've had someone like a chef present things, uh, how you can mount a camera uh, or a phone over the desktop and have like a second item on the, attending the, uh, the meeting. I think, who said that they were on in two ways? I think Joel said, you've, you've had the experience before of being on, on the phone and on the laptop. So we're going to be looking at uh, what are some ways that we can use our equipment? What are some ways that special equipment? What are some things that help people that uh, have accessibility challenges? Uh, I took part in a workshop that Zoom had just before this and it was showing how to select meetings and the guy talked so fast. He said, up here, there's this, I couldn't follow it. <laughs> so those are one of the digital divide issues. So I'm gonna ask each of you as you are as we're working toward next week, when we're gonna be talking about what are some of the things, other things we can do, uh, other things we can do around broadening the images and the strengths of older people. And what are some things that we can do to draw attention to where there's still blocks, where there's still divides and people being able to get all the meat and juice from something set in front of them by improvements in the way information is given. So, uh, I have an update for that, but if we're moving on. Oh, no, tell me, what update do you have? Um, well, okay, so I'm doing this internship uh, as part of myself with Carlton for the Arctic Youth Network, which is all the countries. It involves any country that's located along the uh, Arctic Circle. <clears throat> and uh, one of the initiatives that we're building out is a podcasting environment platform. And, uh, and so I was actually talking with the education guy for a company called Soundtrap, which is a recording studio environment for making music, storytelling, recording, podcast. Um, there's a big educational side to it as well. And I was able to get a bunch of uh, free licenses for a year for enough people to onboard 411 or whomever wants to participate in it. And uh, he was really interested in, uh, in its ability to be used in different types of groups, right? So not just kids, but, but uh, for what we're doing here is really, really excited by the 411 Seniors podcast and everything. And uh, I said I would bring it to the group to see if it's something we can have a look at and uh, maybe implement if it makes sense. There's lots of supporting materials for it. It's uh, a company that's backed by Spotify, so it's not going anywhere. It's got a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of dollars there. So um, anyhow, what I was thinking of doing is maybe looking at a collaboration between the Arctic Youth Network and 4-in-1 Seniors and, and whoever's participating to have a telling session of, of some form where uh, maybe the stories are being recorded and then the groups in the Art of Youth Network are actually helping create podcasts out of it or vice versa. I, I mean, it just happened yesterday, so I haven't thought of all the different implications here, but point being, it's a very valuable platform. I think it's going to be helpful and uh, we've got free access to it for uh, well enough time to be able to make a decision on it. 
Right, well, I'm gonna ask people within the group for questions that they have, but one thing that I'm working on right now, you know, Culture Days is coming up across Canada. And that's something that expanded from being three days, historically it's just been three days at the end of September, but now it is all the way from the 24th of September to the 24th of October. And uh, we put in a proposal for the 411 Center and podcast program to, to be an event sponsor. And, and so with the events, we've got to play with different things. So that might be something that if we are, are doing it, we might designate every Monday would be a day that we would use this technology for telling stories. Uh, what questions or thoughts do others of you have? Can I just add one more thing? Yes. Part of what it allows you to do is you can get an app on the phone, just a simple little thing on the phone, where you can record sounds, you can record stories or whatever it is, and it'll go automatically into this system so you don't have to fuss with like upload all that stuff. It just captures it and it puts it there for you to go back and work with or for somebody else to go back with. And uh, you know, it's designed to be very, very simple and uh, accommodating for people who aren't editors or who are not working with the, uh, the technology side of it, but to have their phone and want to contribute. So it makes it simple. Wow, that sounds great. Uh, Jesse, what do you think? I mean, it sounds like a, a really cool idea. I'm excited to play around with it and see see how it handles, so to speak. But the idea of um, us all being able to get together and sort of collaborate on on the recording in in that way sounds like it it could be a a neat next step it saves a lot of money i can get too, you the info you need that'd be great it saves a lot of money too because with i'm a volunteer with the radio station and part of our training was having a portable mic that we could take uh, to interview people to do streeters so if a person could do it with their phone that saves having to buy another piece of equipment and then it's wonderful that they can just transfer it to the main setting. Um, did you have a question, Chris, or thought about it? I think um, one of the things that, that, that one of the good things that's come out of the pandemic is that um, we do, we have become accustomed to using Zoom as, as a way of communicating with each other. Um, and so I, you know, as, as technology continues to advance, I think we learn, um, we'll learn different ways of being in communication with people. Um, as you said, it saves money. We can't travel necessarily to those places, but we can have these exchanges, um, which I think are, are, are very valuable. So I'm not too clear about this, this possibility of youth from the around the countries of the Arctic Circle and seniors at 411. But it's one more one more um, way of people being connected and communicating. Um, I know that I know that uh, quirky the group I belong to, we're also looking at uh, uh, the possibility of having hybrid meetings because as as we get older, uh, people are not necessarily able to be physically present at things uh, because of health issues. Um, and so having, having a hybrid gives, gives people who, who don't have access um, uh, physically to actually be able to be part of the community and continue to, to participate. So I think, you know, um, this is, of all the bad things from the pandemic, this is one of the one of the positives. Hi, Nancy. Nancy's joining us. We we were talking about people have showed some of the mementos they brought about uh, things that the podcast has done or meant to them, and then in uh, talking about where can we go from here, Joel gave an example of another element of technology that could allow. Um, as one of the goals we had was to be the largest reservoir, collect the large, largest reservoir of stories about um, 
of interviews that we've done of people. And it was a little bit cumbersome when we had to either get the person on a Zoom with us to record that interview or take a mic out to their, their house. So this seems like something that will definitely help us to uh, get more stories, do more interviews and achieve that goal of having the largest reservoir. Okay, so Neil had a story to go with the item he bought. So let's hear his story. There we are. Well, going back about 10, 12 years ago, I had an opportunity to engage a company, I had to work with a company in uh, just outside of Portland, Oregon, <clears throat> feeding bottled water to the casinos in Las Vegas. <clears throat> and uh, they had the water and uh, I had some connections, so away we went. Uh, and one of the partners in the water supply was uh, a Native American from uh, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, as it turns out. Um, and um, she uh, asked me if I would do uh, a ceremony uh, to, uh, to sort of cleanse the experience that and, and open the door to uh, success with it. So as it turns out, the ceremony was uh, from morning till night in Sandy, Oregon at, uh, and uh, it included the tobacco ceremony. Uh, it didn't include a sweat lodge, which I'm kind of grateful for, but um, but it did involve a ceremony of hot stones on the body. And I, so I'm laying on a table that is, contains a buffalo robe. And we did the ceremony and one of the, one of the partners actually, he, he had, done a ceremony on what power animal. And so he brought me, uh, as the ceremony ended, he brought me this, this deer antler and said, the deer is my power animal. And I've had this ever since. And, uh, and it reminds me of being, being whole, being complete. And what's really it, and so the the ceremony ended with a, a a feast of roast beef, roast beef, no, roast beast, and uh, and I was totally wiped out. I really was. I had to go lay my head down, and so we finished, and I went and laid down, and vaguely through, I had a. I had a lodge, a, a lodging at the, uh, uh, it's actually a barn, but it, it, it's it, it's a, a bunch of little, little uh, rooms for people staying over. And I could hear the fire engines, the buffalo robe that I had laid on at, uh, at between, say, between three and six on the uh, in the afternoon the buffalo robe caught fire in in the room in which my ceremony took place and but i couldn't lift my head off the pillow to go and look or to see what was going on so uh the my partner at that time uh, she went off and said the the room was ablaze and they, they had put it out with fire extinguishers and and uh, there you go that was that was another adventure I have done a hot stone ceremony laying on a buffalo robe that caught fire thank you God for another adventure. 
Oh, thank you for sharing that story and, and that you still have the stone. Um, Did you ever find out why the road caught fire or, or how it happened? It was something to do with electrical uh, uh, that was underneath the, the robe and uh, that's what started the fire. I'm assuming there may have been other energies involved as well. I'm just wondering if you had any any thoughts on the kind of energies oh, that might absolutely. have been involved. Uh, absolutely, because I was totally exhausted for two or three days afterwards. And, and uh, yeah, uh, it was, it was a, a very, um, how shall I say, uh, deeply involved in my own personal energy, deeply involved. And uh, the woman that did the ceremony, uh, she died of a brain tumor two years mm -hmm. later, right to the day. So I don't, I, I, I don't, I, I mess with those energies in my meditation, but uh, that's, that's beyond my understanding. Probably not beyond my capability because we're mm. as human beings, we are, we are capable of many things that we don't really fully understand yet. Speaking of meditation, one of the things that you've shared through this podcast, uh, you and a couple of other people shared a meditation or um, EFT session. Yes. Emotional freedom technique. I got certified just after I had the cancer. I, 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 17 years ago, I did, I had stomach cancer and uh, I, I did the surgery, but I declined to do any chemo. And I, I went the alternative way. And, and uh, the, I went to a place called the Inspire, uh, and it's a cancer clinic. And the doctor, Janice Wright, handed me a book called The Biology of Belief that maintains the idea that our body is the result of our mind's understanding of the world. And I went after the surgery as a way of healing myself, I went and, and uh, eventually became certified as a level three EFT practitioner, emotional freedom technique. And I'm using it right now, uh, not probably not enough, but I'm using it to heal this wound from the surgery that I had three weeks ago yesterday. Then it's and it's still active so so i think as we press on next week as we're we'll be sharing more things or kinds of conversations we want to have or uh involve invite people to get in, involved with that several uh times there have been people that have made a presentation about their personal experience with the healing therapy uh, we've had meditation mindfulness um what are some others that you recall, Leslie? Yeah, I can't remember. There've been. There seems to have been. It seems to have been a thread that was going through a whole number of podcasts. Was this whole? Just I think yoga, and um, there was this other one. Uh, Neil talked about tapping, I think, and there was one that I checked on the internet, but I can't remember what it was called. And I'm thinking for the same one as Phil de Chris. It's one that involves Feldenkrais. 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 Yes. yes, that was it. Yeah. Oh, I found that pretty useful. And I didn't know about the 811 number. A lot of times there are things that you hear uh, in between stations when they give public service announcements. I'd heard of 811, but had no idea of the things that we did. And uh, both Judith and uh, Gail talked about it and I had a personal emergency uh, 
after falling off a bus. <laughs> and I was having this distress. I didn't want to call 911. And I called the 811 number. And uh, sure enough, I asked for a nurse. The nurse was on within a few minutes. She listened to me breathing. And she said, okay, in a few minutes, are you? is there anyone else in your home? She said, go knock on their door and tell them to go outside and show the ambulance how to come in. <laughs> and so it was very beneficial because I wouldn't have known, as well as information, one of the things I'd like for you all to note, because this digital divide uh, work group is looking at any places where you go to access information and you're put on hold or you have to go through three steps, you know, turn on the red dot, push X <laughs> and then okay. download Y, because those are places that we want to feed back to them that they need a simpler, better uh, system. Um, Chris, will you tell us about the colors? in the flag that you brought? Sure. Um, one of the things that I'll add is the, what the, the piece that I have is an old, is an old piece and it's meant to be stuck on the, on my car. Um, what's happened more recently is uh, given all of the issues related to racism um, the pride flag has had um, a black and a brown uh, stripe in the form of a chevron that have been added. So um, the, the traditional colors, the ones that we still use, um, the red is for life, orange is for healing, yellow is for sunlight, green for nature, blue for harmony, and purple for spirit. There are two other colors that were in the original pride flag. One was a uh, hot pink and the other was turquoise. I don't actually remember what those signified, but um, it turned out that fabric of those two colors was very difficult to get. And so uh, early on, those two colors were left, were left off. So as I said, now there's those basic six colors plus a black and a brown that have been added um, in the shape of a chevron to the side of it. Uh, that, that's, that, that it's been updated. Um, there's been some controversy about that because they've said, well, the colors that are there in the rainbow are represent different, different emotions or different states. They don't necessarily represent race races. Um, but given given all of the more recent concerns around race and racism, um, and clearly what we're what we've been looking at this week and hearing about this week with Kamloops uh, and the discovery of the of the burial of the children and and the ongoing consequences of that, are um, really built into a system, a racist system in our in our society. So, um, so the, the whether whether people agree or not, those two colors have been added um, as a as a representation of the fact that we, do, as well as being living in a homophobic and transphobic place. We also uh, live in a place with that's ripe with with racism. Okay, as you mentioned, what happened and uh, Monday there was a whole uh, protest in silence around the discovering those uh, children's bodies. Uh, we have a song. Nancy interviewed someone, the author of this song, and we're going to play it. It's just. Uh, where is God in this? And then we can elicit what some of your thoughts are about that. I cling to my mother as they drag me away. Today they're here for me. I look to my father, but they stand of this school 
Lots of comments. Uh, yeah, that was a very powerful song. And uh, the discovery of the bodies at Kamloops, um, that's not an isolated event. I think everybody's aware. And, um, you know, the idea of flying flags at half mast and putting shoes on the art gallery steps, I mean, as, as tokens of the hurt, Yes, that, that's valuable, but uh, they are only tokens. And I think we've got to remember that, you know, there are still, you know, conditions on native reserves, uh, conditions for the First Nations peoples um, are still not, you know, they are still not what the conditions for the rest of us are, their living conditions. Um, we still need to address a lot of inequities. Um, and if I might, Charlotte, uh, I was just this weekend at the annual general meeting of the National Council of Women of Canada, and uh, we had a keynote address, a very powerful address from a woman. And if I could, um, I'd like to give some highlights of this. Um, it was sure. Dr. Pamela Parmiter, who is a lawyer and professor of Indigenous Studies 
and a social justice advocate. And she gave an address, it was entitled, Moving Forward to End Genocide in Canada, Implementing Recommendations from the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women. And uh, she basically stated that um, the residential schools were part of a pattern of colonialization that targeted women and families uh, because it was a deliberate attempt to destroy the culture and the communities through forced family separation. And it's not just a historical problem. Canada has been found guilty of ongoing genocide and has not implemented its international recommendations on human rights at home. Decades of legal recommendations have never been implemented. Uh, there's still medical abuse, uh, conditions for Indigenous women are getting worse, more imprisonment, more human trafficking. And something that I was shocked to learn is that Canada has the highest level of white supremacist social media activity in the world. And white supremacists exist in all our institutions. And that white supremacism is targeted at Indigenous peoples. And the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous Peoples needs to be implemented in Canada and that we must all work and be prepared for ongoing action to demand an end to what amounts to deliberate genocide. And I've, I found that a very moving speech. I never really thought of it in those terms, but it makes sense. Thank you for reading that. And I, I think what happens is Canada is so much compared with the United States and people will uh, misunderstandingly attribute white racism and slavery and all of those things to the United States without looking at and recognizing to extent to which Canada was involved. And then all of these unsolved or unseated things that are still happening. Uh, I like at the end of the song where she says, as an older woman, as an old woman, then we are older people. We're not old, we're just older, but we have had experiences in being activists and experiences with sales and using technology. And it's a call for us to step forward to not just say this is this group of people's, you know, burden, but that as a people, you know, we have things, we have skills we can use. We have the technological things that uh, Joel and, and Jesse are learning about, we can use these tools to help make a difference rather than just saying, oh, somebody needs to do something. We're the ones <laughs> that we're calling for. I don't know. What did you, what did you think, Joel? Um, well, it's a, I mean, there's a lot of stuff packed in to, uh, to this question and discussion. I'm at, my, my supervisor is actually in the head of uh, Indigenous and First Nations uh, leadership and entrepreneurship, and uh, so I try and understand where my work fits within or alongside or whatever the uh, the context is. So when this came up last week, not that it was a shock because you know that that there were bad things going on. Uh, the weight of it was quite something, but I'm. Uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to figure out, you know, what is my involvement? What is, what, how do I contribute? How do I engage this situation and do something? And uh, fortunately, since I've been here at my mom's, the CBC radio has been on constantly in the kitchen. And uh, you hear it on repeat too. Like it, it repeats its stories. And then it'll repeat a story from a few months ago too. And last night, uh, uh, it was a story on indigenous futurisms and looking at technology and and its biases towards white male uh english speaking especially actually uh of all the biases english speaking is the the most uh, at this point on the web so there's questions around this technological environment that we're in has already got its biases built into it and how do we address that going forward and building new technologies out that are inclusive of different perspectives and different points of uh, understanding. So I had to, I didn't have to do this, but I changed the paper that I was uh, working on 
uh, in relation to hearing this digital or uh, uh, indigenous futurisms uh, program, which, which I had heard a few months back and I re remembered the professor that was mentioned in it. And uh, I reached out to him to, uh, to see if, I, if this was a good way to go, if there was enough literature in that direction for me to, uh, to make that switch into this, this paper. I haven't heard back from him yet, but I did talk to my prop about it and she says it's a great idea and my supervisor about it and he says it's a good idea. So, so that's what I'm trying to do is, is go, okay, let me step back and as a futurist and technology guy, try to build those different perspectives in uh, because it is a key part of my work as well is not having a fixed lens for everything, but being able to look at our, our situations and our problems from different, a toolkit of different lenses that are appropriate for the right context and the right moment. And that we're not locked into one way of thinking, but our technology sometimes do lock us in that way. So, so that's what I'm looking at now is, is trying to look forward. I mean, not to dis, disregard what's happened in the past, but you know, we got to go forward and backward and, and take these perspectives together at the same time, almost it's a, uh, multimodal in that sense. I don't know if that made sense, but. No, it makes sense. Uh, Leslie had a comment. Yeah, um, not really to do with Indigenous issues, but when you were talking about your, you know, your Arctic youth, as an ESL teacher, my first thought was, well, it can't be just English because you've got the native peoples, you've got the Russian, you know, yeah. uh, Greenlandic. Yeah, and so. My thought was, how is it going to work? Uh, well, I mean, that's, <laughs> I'm not on the governing body of it. Mm -hmm. I'm just working on this one little uh, digital media content ecosystem piece. So that's above my pay grade, <laughs> which actually isn't very much anything at the moment. But um, it's a good project in that thinking about digital media and how do you make it, how do you make it more adaptable to different languages so like translation mm -hmm. services and this came up in the program last night is uh the professor that i was con contacting he's hawaiian so he's not actually first nations canadian but he's first nations hawaiian which had a similar experience in terms of their schools trying to eliminate the hawaiian culture you're not allowed to speak the language all that stuff so so he's bringing that perspective in and he talked about how even the, uh, the that somebody made a, a translation app for a First Nations language. Oh, it was Hawaiian. Sorry, that's right. Mm -hmm. And just how uh, uh, poor the translations were, almost embarrassing. Like because mm -hmm. there's not enough data there for the proper translations to happen. And even if we have French and English translations, sometimes the translations are like, "What? Doesn't make any sense." So, so for somebody's first experience of the Hawaiian language. He's like, oh, this is not even, don't even bother with it. Mm. So those are, those are technical information questions that we're having to think of now because of, of that. And the other point about the, the First Nations in the Arctic Youth Network side of it is uh, the podcasting thing has been, has been a helpful way to go with this because of it, the oral histories and oral storytelling traditions mm. and even being able to hear how words are pronounced, even if it's in an English segment, but it's a First Nations language word, to hear it being spoken is a different thing to see it written, mm. which is actually a, you know, an artifact of Western culture coming in, not, not the actual oral culture. So these, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's all right. I was just gonna say like, it is evolving and it, it's turning into something that hopefully there's a number of different people participating in it. So it's not coming from one specific bias. And sometimes the change from page screen based over into the audio, audible, oral side of things opens up a lot of opportunities. I mean, I'm an uh, audio type of person as well. And sometimes the screen gets in the way of, of thinking the way you need to for a certain context and, and hearing things, right? You know, you got to listen, right? You got you to read and listen, so. Yeah, um, I would much rather go with a human translator than a machine translator, quite honestly, because the further the language is from English, the worse the translation. I mean, I've tried it with Japanese and Arabic and the translations make no sense. If you do it with French or German or something that's much more closely related to English, yeah, it works. Well, yeah. 
we bring up some things that will be interesting for us with next week as we're bringing examples or looking at ways that we, one, make a change toward this positive uh, profile of older people as being resources, being activists, having school, having interests, not being um, ramdy pamdy, <laughs> not, not caring, apathetic. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> but also images. I had the experience of being uh, on homestays with, with Greek families. And the person in the home that spoke English was away all day. And I was there with her mother. And it was amazing with pictures and magazines. Mm -hmm. We covered so many things. So I think images, as we include within our storytelling and then as we activate, you know, with Zoom, you can also activate YouTube or images that we might be able to communicate a whole set of things just through images and where we hear what the, the sound is for that image in different languages, it can be an important way of both building community, but, you know, looking at what do you do beyond just the old ways, you know, what is the futuristic ways of of communicating with people and, and getting a similar concept or a similar feeling across. Um, around that um, of, of thing of we're still here and we still have ideas, uh, I'm going to be, we, we are reaching out, uh, connecting with people from the Aboriginal Society, the um, Circle of Indigenous Women from another standpoint, inviting people to be on the program, not just when it's that month or, or week, but to also be on as as people with ideas and conversation to exchange. So encouraging each of you, as you know, people uh, from any of the other cultures, but particularly um, during Indigenous Heritage Month, inviting people to, to come onto the podcast as a guest. And we are invite, inviting people who might come on that have a special presentation. Um, Chris, a question that I have for you. It seems like it's in August that it's Pride Month in Vancouver, but June in other cities or states. Can you explain that? Yes. Um, it seems that more internationally, June is Pride Month. But here in Vancouver, because of the closeness to Seattle and because, because lots of people wanted to go from Vancouver to Seattle, Seattle to Vancouver, Vancouver to Toronto for Toronto Pride. Um, it was decided that here in Vancouver, but the Pride Week would be the week that has the, the, the long weekend in, in August. Um, so it's more of, a, more of a convenient thing, um, allowing people to participate in, in more than one more than one experience. Okay. All right. Well, that brings us to the song that is an inclusive song called Still Here. Locations, abusive relations, 150 celebrations, common section hating, debating, truth and reconciliation dating, dividing and shading. But we still here, we still here, we still here. Missing brother, missing mother, missing daughters. Say it again, no clean water. But we still here, we still here. The message is clear, they wanted us to disappear. But we still here. The message is clear, they wanted us to disappear But we still here, we still here The father in sight, women warrior fight I wanna break the cycle in the circle Non-verbal, nocturnal, no dress rehearsal A hair by a century, awaken the spirit Be fearless and clear it, no limit I spit it, I risk it, I hit it It's written, never bitten, archived for my descendants Important to make a presence, representations at all levels. We are all rebels sent from the heavens at 11-11. So meet me at 7-11 to dismantle depression, to gather, to master and shatter the system. I know what's missing. I see the gaps. I have the maps to take it back. Come on. Stolen locations, abusive relations, 150 celebrations, common section hating, debating, truth and reconciliation fading, dividing and shading. But we still here, we still here, we still here. Missing brother, missing mother, missing daughters, say it again, no clean water. But we still here, we still here. 
The message is clear, they wanted us to disappear, but we still here. The message is clear, they wanted us to disappear, but we still here, we still here. And rage and resistance take back the land, is the business. Step up and witness, speak up, go the distance. The time is now, show them how. They didn't want us to powwow, so we made a powwow, now allow your powwow. Full push-ups to dance your style I'm hella versatile My indigenous girl lifestyle You check my Insta profile Too quick to reconcile Without the truth Or impact the youth You tell the lies Of the voting booth We'll make it smooth Elders and POCs Do all the work Make moves Culture vultures waiting to play And take away What is sacred Internalized self-hatred Culture lost Nothing to show, they try to be a bro Be careful, and let them know We are here, and we in control Stolen locations, abusive relations 150 celebrations Common section hating, debating Truth and reconciliation fading Dividing and shading But we still here, we still here We still here Missing brother, missing mother, missing goddess Say it again, no clean water But we still here we're still here The message is clear They wanted us to disappear But we're still here The message is clear They wanted us to disappear But we're still here We're still here They call me on my celly To hear my words and my verbs My words into action I'm the girl that makes it happen Shutting down the streets I complete, I defeat With just one tweet No need for press release I never couple these middle fingers up But I come for peace, water is sacred Yeah, I'm jaded, why natives hit it? Still native kids be taken Still treaties are forsaken Still stupid, not educated This is stolen land, the time is now We demand, your occupation is out of hand United we stand, kill the mask save the people, kill the eagle, no sequel No one is illegal, power to the people Together we are better Talk is sick of pest of feather. Uh. Stolen locations, abusive relations, 150 celebrations. Common section hating, debating. Truth and reconciliation fading, dividing and shading. But we still here, we still here, we still here. Missing brother, missing mother, missing goddess. Say it again, no clean water. But we still here, we still here. The message is clear, they wanted us to disappear, but we still here. The message is clear, they wanted us to disappear, but we still here, we still here. But we still here. They try to ban our pot latches, but we still here. Smallpox and tree of the tears, but we still here. And so we are still here with the opportunity to, as it says, be, be united, uh, to look at these issues and say, well, that's their problem, but we can really work to use our skills and to join arms across not just this issue, but so many issues that have been brought up that are hanging, that now we see as part of the human condition and part of our opportunity as older people, as intergenerational people, as we can make a change. So I thank you. I look forward to all of the ways that we'll look to empowering um, messages, looking at things that don't just have slogans on pieces of paper, but as people who know what offices to call, how to write letters, where to go into community meetings, that uh, we could have an organization like the uh, organization of, of, uh, of women, the organizations of, of, of writers, that we can stand together against injustice. So I look forward to you continuing on as powerful podcasters, to bringing forth your stories, unveiling other stories, unlocking new technologies. I, I love the futuristic hope of what you're bringing to the table, Joel, and the ways that uh, Jesse and CJSF are making the station available for people to bring their stories forward and to unite. So thank you very much, and I will see you again next week for Powered by Age. Thank you.